0: Isaiah chapter 53, uh, we have looked at this text before, as at least as a part of this series, but there's this declaration 700 years before Jesus will ever come on the scene, and God is declaring exactly what it's going to look like for the Messiah to come, what he's going to do, this one that's going to save and ransom Israel and save and ransom Israel. The entire earth. And we'll go to Isaiah 53 and we're going to start in verse 4. I just want to read through this because it has some pretty significant implications. It starts here, verse 4 Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I think one of the most important things that we get to think about in a Christmas season is this radical love of the Father to send his one and only Son. And that is so powerful and so true. It's worth celebrating. It's worth rejoicing and lifting up. But there is something else that sent his Son to the earth. There is the radical love of God. But we also have to remember that the righteous anger of God Sent his son as well. There are two things that sent Jesus to come and be among us. In fact, Jesus is actually the collision of this radical love of God and this righteous anger of God at the same time, right? The point as this scripture even tells us of Jesus having to come is to begin to bear the wrath or the anger or the righteous indignation of God against sin. Not a super popular word in 2022 or almost 23. And yet something so powerful and true, Jesus had to come among us, enter into our experience, walk a sinless, perfect life, and then go to the cross on our behalf because we could not bear the weight of the glory, the majesty, the holiness of the perfect God. And so Jesus comes into our midst as an expression of the incredible, radical love of God to satisfy the radical, beautiful, righteous anger against sin. Now, why anger against sin? God feels anger because there is something that is separating him from those that he radically loves and made in his image. It's called sin. Have you ever wondered, like, why why is God so? Why is there rather, why was it? I mean, could he just like go, hey, it's okay, man. I know you were trying better. I mean, it seemed like maybe it would make it easier if God would just go, ah, ah, oh, that's okay. But the problem is if God goes, ah, it's no big deal. It's okay. Then all of a sudden he's not righteous. He's not pure. He's not holy. He's not worthy of our words, our worship, our songs. But because he's worthy and holy and righteous, And we've turned our hearts away from him. And we've gone our own way and chosen our own ideas and our own thoughts and said, God, we don't need you. We're better gods than you. Because we've done that, we are separated. And I'm gonna tell you, God wants to bring to end anything that separates us from him. You ever wonder, why does God have that attitude towards sin? Listen, God's ready to tear down anything that would keep us from him his people made in his image. And so we experience this thing called anger. There was something separating you from someone you loved. If there was something, keep it, if you guys, got, you guys had little kiddos up here, if there was something separating you from that little kiddo with their bright lit up face, what would you do? What wall would you tear down What mountain would you scale if there was something separating you from them? And you may have even felt that before. Someone that you love desperately, and you felt separation because something was broken in their lives. Maybe they were broken in an addiction, or something had broken relationship, and you feel that distance, and you would do anything. You feel actually anger inside, because you want that thing torn down so that you can have what? Free and right relationship again. That's what every one of us wants, right? Free, open, life-giving, full relationship with each other. We're supposed to feel something when there's a separation, when there's something that is keeping or hindering that free expression of love, value, worth, and awesomeness that comes from relationship. We're meant to feel anger against those things. We feel it, and we know that our Heavenly Father felt it as well. We want to have that. And so anger, God's anger, and I would say even our anger is that passion to say, hey, if there's something wrong, it needs to be made right so that real relationship can flow again. I've mentioned a few times this a book, "The Voice of the Heart," uh, that I think is a helpful primer as we're navigating these things that God's asking us to bring to Him this morning, and He says it this way about anger: says the anger that we experience actually helps identify losses and rejections and wounds and limitations that we experience, and it gives us the opportunity to tell the truth about what's really going on inside. Of our hearts, meaning this, I think if you, especially if you grew up in church, when we talk about anger, everybody goes, "Oh man, we're not supposed to have that. I'm not supposed to experience that." And yet, could we just all agree we all feel anger on a regular basis, right? Can we just oh, can, can we say that in church? Like a, a Ben, hey, how many of you? No, don't raise your hand. How many of you got angry this week about something? All right. Yeah. Yeah, angry this morning. Hey, uh, uh, all right. 90% of drives to church on Sunday morning are filled with, oh, yeah? All right, you? Uh, our first year of marriage, we couldn't get to, you, uh, to our small group without like blowing up. We were like parked on the side of the road. Are we actually going to small group? We're angry, right? Come on. Anger is a real thing. We feel it all the time. But for whatever reason, it got taboo in the church because you're not supposed to feel that way. You're supposed to be smiling and happy. Uh, And I'm not entirely sure how we got to that point. And listen, I'm all for smiles and happy, but not to the exclusion of having to pretend like we aren't human and there aren't feelings going on in here, by the way, that also are meant to reflect a God in whose image we were made. We experience anger because we have a God who experiences anger, who feels anger. We feel anger because he feels anger. The question is, what are we doing with that? The question is, when you feel anger, what do you do with that? I think God has something to say to us, and I'm so grateful for this idea here that this anger that we experience is actually helpful in telling us what's going on. What are the losses? What are the rejections? What are the wounds? What are the limitations that you've experienced that are churning this up inside? Because it actually gives you and I a chance to go, what's going on in here? Because when you and I can go, what's going on in here? We can finally be real with God, and we can finally be real with each other. You and I so desperately want real relationship to happen with God and with each other, but we aren't doing the real thing until we actually show up to what's going on inside, until we actually awaken to the pains and the disappointments and the hurts that we've all experienced that's why we're talking about this. We're going like, why would you preach on anger? It's Christmas, Pastor. It's because the truth is we experience it every day and we don't know what to do with it. We don't know what to do with it. And honestly, most of everything that we've seen with this issue of anger is just abuse. A lot of times we've seen abuse or even been an abuser. We've never seen it experienced or we've rarely maybe seen it experienced in a way where we take it as this gift and we take our anger and we give it to God. We reach out to him. We offer it up to him and we ask him to take that and turn it into a passion and a zeal to make things that were wrong made right. And I think that's what God wants to begin to do with us now. What does it look like or what I mean by giving our anger to the Lord as a gift? Well, I think in Ephesians chapter four, if you want to flip there, we're going to put it on the, on the screen, but you can flip there if you want to. Ephesians chapter four, Paul's giving real practical instruction to the Ephesian church. And he's saying, hey, here's a way of following Jesus. And here's what it means to follow after his heart. And this is what it looks like to give your heart and life to Jesus. And in that, he says, in Ephesians chapter four, verse 26, he's, here's what he says. In your anger, do not sin. Or another translation says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now, I want to just say again, most often we associate anger with something wrong, right? Uh, we remember that anger towards, we remember that there is anger towards things that are broken is right. Anger towards that which is unjust is right. Anger towards abuse or things that harm other people is right. And so, what does he mean by be angry and do not sin? He's saying, This, one, there is an anger in you that is meant to produce a passion and a hunger and a zeal for life and fullness. It is that thing in you that churns up, says, what's happening is not okay. Maybe it's something in your home. Maybe it's something in the culture around you. Maybe it's something at work. Maybe it's something about the relationships you're walking in, but you get to chance to step back and say, hey, there's something here that's going on that's not okay. And that zeal that pops up inside is rooted in righteous indignation or anger. that says, no, this isn't how this is supposed to be. And what he's, uh, Paul's, I think, indicating here is, hey, there's a kind of anger that's meant to go, no. It's not supposed to be this way. Jesus demonstrated this on multiple occasions. And uh, uh, there are several you can look into. I just picked one in Mark chapter three. He uh, enters the synagogue and there was a man there and you can turn there if you want to. We're not gonna have it on the screen. He entered the synagogue, Mark chapter three, there with a man with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with a withered hand, "Come here." And he, and, the, and he said to them, "Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or kill?" But they were silent. And he, this is the he's speaking to the, the religious authorities. He's asking them the question: Do you think it's lawful to heal? save life or to kill on the Sabbath, and they wouldn't say anything. In verse five, he says, and he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart and said to them, said to him, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored. We have to be able to just take a step back for a moment and see that there are things that aren't okay. And when there are things that aren't okay, that thing in you that kind of burns just a little bit, churns for a moment. That's that thing that's that's called righteous anger, and it's meant to propel us forward in passion and zeal to make wrong things right. And that's exactly what Jesus wanted to do. So number one is when the scripture, when God says, be angry and do not sin, what he says is, hey, are you awake to what you feel angry over? Are you awake to it? What is the thing that's churning inside of you? Is that thing that's churning inside of you about you or is it about righteousness? What is it that's burning and churning inside of you? And then he says this. But if you don't bring that anger to the Lord, meaning if you don't get real about what's going on inside and you don't take it to Him, and you let that angle, ming, the anger, mingle with your flesh and mingle with the voice of the enemy, which is going off 24 /7 for the record. trying to steal, kill and destroy the word of the heart of the Father. As it goes off, the devil is ready to grab that anger and destroy you and I with it. And church, my concern and even my question, and even the thing that I'm waking up to, even in my own heart is, are we really bringing with authenticity the things that are churning inside of us to the Lord? Or are we just burning with anger, opening the door? And that's, again, what the scripture says is, Do, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Now, what does that mean? That means you gotta show up to it. You have to say it out loud. You have to be willing to speak the words, at least first and foremost, to the Father and be real with him. Now, we would try to make it like a rule, like uh, you can't go to sleep angry. Church, let me just say, is, like, if you're going like, okay, I'm just gonna hang on to this thing until it's like midnight, and I'm gonna be like, forgive you, goodnight, you know, or whatever, right? All right, you know what I'm talking about? Forgive me, whatever. We're not, hey, we're not, we ain't talking. That's how how we like to put things in a box. God's going, no, 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 no. That thing, you you don't get to let that thing churn in you without bringing it to me. You gotta talk to me. What's the thing that's going on in here? Because if you don't bring it to me, then what he says back in verse 27 is, And do not give the devil a foothold. When we hide the stuff inside and we burn on the thing without bringing it to the Lord, that's what happens uh, with anger. It becomes the playground for the enemy to wreak havoc in our lives. Every day becomes a chance to give our anger to God as a gift or it becomes a place where we give it over to the evil one who's ready to destroy us, to bring us down. That's it right there. Those are the two options we have. So many of us have this unhealthy relationship with anger. One, because anger was used as a weapon against you. And I just wanna address that for a moment. Even if I say the word anger, there's something that you immediately go to in your mind or in your heart ways in which you were hurt, ways in which you were abused by someone else's anger. And so when we talk about anger, something deeply painful rises up, wells up inside of you, the injustice you feel for the harm that was done to you or the shame you feel for the ways that anger has worked itself out in you against others. And it, isn't, it doesn't produce the most fun feelings, but the Lord's wanting to speak to it. Some of you have experienced rage, which for the record has nothing to do with anger, but it has everything to do with fear. So there's anger, which is righteous indignation to move our hearts towards the thing that God is stirring in us, the thing that God wants to give us passion and mission towards. But then there's rage, which is what, it's just fear trying to masquerade as anger. But hear this, when rage is present, rage isn't about injustice, is it? Anytime you've either expressed in a rageful mindset or heart, or you've had rage Uh, thrown against you, we're not talking about dealing with injustice, are we? No, when rage is there, what are we talking about? Rage is that place. It's not about making wrong things right. It's It's not about hunger or passion to see God's heart or goodness have its way in our lives. Rage is about fear from being vulnerable and having to deal with what goes on on the inside. And some of you have been hurt by rage. Rage is responding to that fear with control and manipulation and tearing down and wounding others and fury against being honest and vulnerable. Rage doesn't have anything to do with anger. Rage is about fear and not wanting to show up. And we rage against the things or we've been raged against because there's fear involved. It isn't bringing it's, it's, it's not being willing to bring those things to the Lord as a gift. That's what we've been talking about this entire series. What are you inside here willing to bring to God as a gift to him? And so the scripture says, listen, feel your anger, but in it, do not sin. Bring it to the Lord. Bring it to him and ask him, Lord, what do you say about this? So how do we sin in our anger? How do we sin in our anger? What does it look like for us? Well, number one, we just bury it. So if you wanna know how we sin in anger, that's burying it and we let it take root is bitterness or judgment. The thing that you're angry about, if we don't talk about it, if we don't bring it to the Lord, if we don't bring it to someone that's trusted, then it becomes a root of bitterness and judgment. And that's what he says, by the way, if you keep going down in Ephesians chapter four, he says, listen, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Look at what he says. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Here's what he's saying. If you allow anger to sit and root in and you don't bring it to the Lord, then it roots in as bitterness and malice, meaning judgment against others. And he's saying, hey, I have more and better for you than that. Whatever bitterness is working its way in your heart, I have better for you. Rage grieves the Holy Spirit. It comes against the very best things that he has for us. If you have rage, that isn't any part of what God has for you in this life. (laughs) Listen, we can acknowledge there's some great injustices in the world. Are they not? Are there some really awful things happening? Things worth being angry about? Are there? There are. There are likely things going on in your personal world. There are things going on in our country. Things going on across the world that are worth being upset about. But hear this. God is the judge and God is the vindicator. What God says is vengeance is mine. He's responsible for it all. So you bring the thing that you're righteously indignant and angry over to me and offer it to me as a gift. You don't have to pretend like it's not there. you don't have to try to put on your smiley face. But what you must do is be real and authentic with the God of the universe, who, by the way, knows you full well, knows what is stirring in you. Anger that doesn't get broad as a gift, gives itself a root inside of us that breeds the things that are not of the heart of God. And so he's saying, it's time to bring it forward. I mentioned back in that, the book, Voice of the Heart, it says, there's a couple of things that actually come out of when we bury and we aren't real and we don't show up to our anger that The first thing is depression. It says depression, and I thought this quote was really interesting. It says, in depression, it says, we turn against ourselves and have contempt for our hearts. We force our fight for life to be still and our cry for identity to be silent. All this energy turned against the self wears us out. It says it keeps our passions. This is speaking of depression. It keeps our passions at bay. So we Don't expose the wishes revealed in our vulnerability. It says to our hearts, what's the use? This is one of the things that works itself out when we aren't willing to deal with the anger that goes on inside of us, is that it begins to press us down, begins to exhaust us in a way where we don't feel like we can come authentically with real life, with vulnerability, with those that we care about and with God. If we don't share our passions, hear this. If we don't share our passions and our burdens with God and with others, then it begins to blunt the fullness of life that every one of us are desperate to have. No one wants a blunted life. No one wants to go through just trying to survive or just trying to sweep things under the rug. Every one of us wants fullness The fullness that we get in Christ and he's asking us to trust him by bringing our anger to it. But of course, the opposite can happen and that's the other thing, which is pride. When anger gets a chance to root itself in and we don't actually bring it to the Lord, pride pops up, begins to have its own way inside of us. We want to relive the pain that we experience over and over and all of a sudden we build up walls and we say things like, well, I don't need anyone or I can handle that or I can take whatever you dish out or nah, that didn't bother me. And we can try to explain things away. You guys have heard uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But any one of you who've been in a relationship for any amount of time, when someone you love has said something harsh to you, it hurts, doesn't it? It really does, and it's not okay, right? Inwardly, when someone says something painful or hurtful or harmful to you, there is a anger that should rise up to say, no, that's, that's not right. That's not Okay. God wants us to bring those words to him and say, okay, God, what was just spoken about me, what was just spoken over my life or said over my life, that's not true. So what do we do in that moment? Every one of us, we get to come and say, God, what do you say? God, what do you say? I'm experiencing this hurt or pain, this loss, this disappointment. And I feel angry. Lord God, what do you say? That's what we get to ask him. And there's one of two things that happens. Either God gets to go, hey, the thing you're angry about, by the way, he's gonna go, hey, the thing you're angry, it's rooted in you. And it's not really about righteousness or about me. Or he's gonna go, no, what you're upset about or what you're angry about is righteous and I'm here with you and I understand it. And he's gonna call, begin to call us up. One of two things gonna happen every time you bring your anger to him. Either you're angry about something that's mostly just about you and not about his heart or there's anger that God wants to say, hey, that's not okay and I want you to know that I see it and I'm here with you. Now let's talk about this together. When we get to bring our anger to him, we get to show it. We bring our hearts to him. It's not about rage. It's not about self defense. It's not about lobbing accusations back. We get to just say with confidence God, would you build in me passion and mission to make wrong things right? Make wrong things right. Anger leads us into passion and mission. Anger leads to passion and mission. We've talked about there are a lot of things in the world around us that we wanna see changed in our city, our nation, in our own worlds, in our families, in our marriages with our children. There should be passion burning for those things in us. And so the Lord's saying, hey, what's, what, do you, what do you feel angry about? What do you feel stirred about? If we could take that word anger and take it out of the only negative and go, what's the thing burning in you? As in what's as in the same thing that what's in the heart of the father that burns? To remove the thing that hinders free and flowing relationship. We bring that to him. And God gets to say, son or daughter, I see you. I know you. I receive you. I'm making all things new. Now here is your mission and here is your passion. Now walk in it. Live with me, walk with me. Anger just righteous anger begins to help bring life. Stunted anger begins to bring death. And that's the choosing point we come to. I um I became I I actually recognized as I've looked back on this, I became a pastor because I was angry. Now I was 16 years old. And I just, before the Lord, I remember when I felt called into vocational ministry. I was in an awesome youth group. And I I remember this stirring that was happening in me at that time. And I remember thinking, so God had just so radically done this work in me. It powerfully moved me. And I just was like, "Oh God, I want to live for you. I want to give everything, what you've done for me. I'm a broken mess and you're amazing. I want to give my whole heart and life to you. And I remember having this thought. There's nothing else in the world that I can do except this. I have to tell people about you. There's nothing else. And I was thinking about all the other jobs that I wanted to do. And I was like... Uh, be an NBA star. And that was, it was a long shot anyway. <laughs> All right. Or be a sports broadcaster, which is much more realistic, but probably didn't have the skill for that either. But, uh, and then it was like, I was working for a real estate group and I was like, I could do some real estate, which is awesome. Helping people find homes. Great. Find, you know, find their businesses, places or whatever. Um, uh, or uh, I'm trying to think of the, anything else I had. I, so I had these other things that I was thinking about. I was 16 years old. And I remember th- having that thought, there's nothing else. I, I have to do this thing. I have to tell people about you. And I realized and recognized what was burning in me in that moment is, I, 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 can't, go, I, I can't go any more days without people knowing what it means to have forgiveness and to have hope, and to have life, and to have all of the hurts and wounds and brokenness healed and transformed, and to have a new way to live where you don't have to live on your own steam, but you get to live on the power and life of the God of the universe who made us and loved us. And I just remember that passion burning in me, and I realize and recognize now that that was pulling from this place of righteous anger, going, I don't want anyone else not to know this truth. How can I help more people know this truth? And my guess is this, there are passions burning in you. Things that need to be stirred up, maybe things that have been blunted, maybe things that have been turned into bitterness and and judgment that God was saying, if you'll give that to me, I'll turn it for my good, for your good and for my glory. If you'll bring it to me, I'll turn and change and transform this thing that is breaking you down into something that is giving you mission and passion for the days ahead. But the question is this, will you bring it to me? And that's the question we get to finish with this morning. We get to ask him that. Lord, what do you want to, what do you want to accomplish? And what do you want to do? With this thing in me, every, each and every day we experience it all the time. If we could move it off the, the shelf as the taboo subject and say, okay, God, when I feel anger, what do you want to do? Because there's times, guys, where we feel anger and the Lord wants to say, oh, son or daughter, that's, not, that's just about you not, not liking traffic, right? That's just what that, okay? That anger ain't cool. Just bring that to me, okay? But there are some other things that are stirring in you, things that are in your home and you're going, this is not Okay. And I don't want to keep walking this way anymore. Are things in your workplace or things in the world around you and God's saying, bring that to me. I have things to say to you and speak to you, but will you ask me? So let's take a minute to do that. Luke, you can come up. Let's go. We'll do this. You guys just pray with me. You can put your books down or notes down. Let's just pray. We'll just take a minute to do this together. Lord, we just want to take this moment to bring this to you. We have three minutes left. If you would just, in the most authentic way that you can with the Lord, would you just bring to him or would you even ask him? say, Lord, here is the thing that I feel angry over. Might not be a big thing. Might be just something over you that's internal. Might be about the world around us or But would you just submit that to the Lord? You can get, open your hands up, and just ask Him that. Ask Him to reveal that to you. If you even if you're not sure, either there's something that's churning in you right now, or you need to ask Him to reveal it. here in this moment, you're going, I don't feel really angry about anything, then ask him this question. Lord, what am I meant to be passionate for? What do you want to stir my heart for? Just ask him that. I just want to bring this to you. I don't want to hide it. I don't want to pretend like it's not there. And I certainly don't want to bury it down. Here's where my hurt is. Here's where my loss is. Here's where my disappointment is. Here's where the accusation has been. And I'm bringing it to you. And then would you just ask him this question? Lord, what do you say about this? What do you want to tell me right now? Lord, we offer this to you, and we're asking for your heart. What would you say? Not what I say, but what would you say? We offer this thing to you, and we ask you, God, to take it and turn all these places in us into a passion for what churns in your heart. We give it to you as a gift now. We give it to you. And then I just want to finish with this. If you have been hurt or wounded by rage, anger that's masquerading as anger against you, And this issue, when we talk about anger, even when you feel anger, it feels really broken because of what was done to you. Would you just, with authenticity, bring that to the Lord and say, Lord, I've been hurt by this and I'm bringing this to you. I may not know what to do with it right now, but I just wanna tell you and offer it to the Lord. I need healing. And I need your voice over me. And then finally, if you're here and you have wrestled with anger that has expressed itself in screaming or rage. Would you offer that to the Lord right now? Say, Lord, I'm giving this to you and I'm asking you to take what is broken in my heart and I'm asking you to exchange it now for what you say about me. I confess my sin And I need your forgiveness. And the Lord, I just ask that you begin to bring people into our lives that we can be honest and real with about the things that are going on, that we can share true, or the truth of what you're saying in us with each other. And God, would you do that for your namesake and glory and for our joy? As we offer you this gift, we bring you our anger and we trust you, you're a good father. We thank you that you see all the things that we feel and you're with us. You never shame us, but you walk us, walk with us. We never live in toxic shame with you, but we always live in righteousness and glory because you speak life over even the most broken things in us. And so we thank you for receiving us always. It's in your name. You guys stand with me. We're gonna pray benediction over you. I have some prayer partners that'll be available just to pray down front after we conclude. Love having you guys here. We're thankful to have you.